Paul had discovered the message of, of grace through Jesus. He had this encounter with Jesus, and now he wanted everybody, starting with the brethren, to know about this, to know about him. Because, um, dear church and friends, the message of grace is one person. The message, the gospel, is really about Jesus Christ. Have you met Jesus? Have you met Jesus? <laughs> yes, you have. Yes, you have. So the message is about Jesus. But he, studying in verse 1 to 5, he's expressing that sorrow and that concern that he feels. But let's go to 6 and 8. Because Paul says, the Israelite who having everything, and let me just pick up from verse 4. The Israelite and to them belong the adoption, the glory, the covenants, the giving of the law, the worship, the promises. To them belong the patriarchs and from their race, according to the flesh, is the Christ, who is God over all, blessed forever. Amen. In other words, Paul is saying, they have everything and yet they have nothing. Why? Because they were not able to see. They were not able to receive. They were not able to accept that Jesus was the Messiah. And so that's why he is... Um, having this pain in his heart. And then in 6, he says, 6 to 8, But it is not as though the word of God has failed, for not all who are descended from Israel belong to Israel. What is he saying? Verse 7, Not all are children of Abraham, because they are his offspring. But through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Verse 8. This means, and this is for us too, that it is not the children of the flesh who are the children of God, but the children of the promise are counted as offspring. And this reminds us of John chapter 1 verse 12. Can we have John chapter 1 verse 12? And this is so good. We've been reviewing since we started from Romans chapter 1, all the truth that God has given us. And we've been reviewing that, and that is for us to be built up so that we have this solid foundation and we won't collapse. And John chapter 1 says, so who are the children of God? Really. So Paul is saying, who are the children of God? It's not physically it is not because we want to be, but let's look at the scripture. But as many as received him to them, who? God. God gave the right to become children of God to those, to those who believe in his name. So the child, how do we become children of, of God? It's very simple. It's not because our, of our works. It's not because we're fulfilling duties, but because of the will of God. Can you say that with me? Because of the will of God. That's right. So the only thing we need to do is receive him 
and believe in him. And that's what many of us have done. We believed in him and we received him in our hearts. So those are really the children of God. It's not about other and other things. So Paul is making it clear who are the children of God. And then uh, he says in verse 10 and 11, there's a point I would really like to emphasize. He says, and not only so, verse 10, but also when Rebecca had children by one man, though they were not yet born and had done nothing, either good or bad, in order that God's purpose of election might continue, not because of works, but because of him who calls, she was told the older will serve the younger. And I want you to pay attention to this part where it says that even before the children were born, they had done nothing. They had done nothing, either good or bad. And God was already choosing one of them. So this is to illustrate to us a divine principle. God is a God who chooses us. God is a God who has a purpose when he elects. God elects with a purpose. He calls with a purpose. And also, God is a God who calls. God is calling you. Actually, God is calling some of you. Actually, God had, has called many of you. This is only a reminder that even before you were born, he called you. He called you, and there is a purpose for your life. I need to say this, that your life, my friend, is not boring. Your life has a meaning. Your life has a purpose. And this is what the Word of God is teaching and reminding us. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, can, can we have that? And we look in the, at the, in the scripture, when the, in what we read just now is talking about Jacob. God chose Jacob not because of the things he has done, but because it was God who called, right? And in Ephesians for us, we can see that the scripture says, just as he chose, who? Us. Say, he chose me. Yeah. You know, every time we read the word, we always say this is a mirror. And we're going to look at ourselves on the mirror. And this is so good. Because this is about us and about what God is saying to us. So this morning he's saying that he chose us in him. When? Before the foundation of the world, before the foundation of the world. So he thought of you. He planned for you. He loved you before you were born. I love this. You know why? Because when we grow up and become adults, or all the time, we are so sometimes so oppressed and stressed because people are expecting stuff from us. Yes or no? 
And sometimes we feel the way, thinking, oh my goodness, I have to achieve this, I have to achieve that, I have to do this, I have to do that, in order to become, in order to become. I have to do this, I have to do that. So many titles, so many papers, so many studies, so many this and that, this and that. Oh my goodness, it's so exhausting. But one time the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, listen, Marlies, before you were born, I loved you. And if you search in the scripture, and I know many of you have, you will find from Genesis to Revelation that he has loved us. So the reason number us for us to exist is to be loved by God. And that's how we love him. Right? Yes. So before you were born, he loved you. He picked you. He selected you. He said, you're going to be a minister. You're going to be this. You're going to be that. And I will manifest my glory in your life. And this, my friends, is awesome. Amen. So our God is a God who chooses and selects us. Verse 18. Can we go to verse 18? Talking about God's purpose of election and how, how he selects. Verse 18 says about Pharaoh, right? Mm-hmm. 17, sorry, 17. The scripture says to Pharaoh, for this very purpose I have raised you up. For this very purpose I have raised you up. Can we read this together? That I may show my power in you and that my name may be declared in all the earth. Ah, God was choosing Pharaoh? I was a Gentile, a pagan, <laughs> pagan, a non-believer. And God used him because God chooses He chooses us. And this is the very purpose also for our lives. God chose Israel to do what? To demonstrate and display in in, in these people his power. And that's why we saw what Pastor Paul was playing in Exodus, all the plagues, all the wonders, all the miracles. Because God wanted the rest of the nations to know about his name. God wanted to show through one people, the people of Israel, his power. And these days, things have changed. Because in this chapter, as we will see, and that is what follows, God decides to open the door for the Gentiles, which is the non-Jews. That is us, you and I. And so God... Open the door for them, and you will find from the beginning to the end, from Genesis to uh, through all the prophets, that God was announcing that he will save uh, the, uh, the rest of the humanity. So salvation is for everyone. Now it's no longer about one chosen people, but now we who believe in Jesus have become the chosen people. You are chosen. I am chosen too. We are chosen people. Mm? And that is good. 
That is good. So, um, so let's continue now, and we will see in verse 20, in, still in chapter 9, verse 20. People may think, okay, so if God chooses, why does he blame us for not responding? Some people may say, right? Okay, if God controls everything, then why would he blame on us if, if people don't respond, right? But then the apostle is saying that everything God does is with a purpose. Verse 20, let's read that. 19 and 20. You will say to me then, why does he still find fault? For who can resist his will? But who are you? And this is good for us. You know, when I read this, I stopped and I received this, right? Who are you, O man, to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why have you made me like this? Has the potter not right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? And then the apostle continues on in verse 22, 23, and 24, saying that what God did was to show mercy. Listen, when he chose Israel, the only ones who enjoyed mercy were, were the people of Israel. And they got used to it. But then God decides, because that was his previous plan anyways, he decided that everyone needed to be saved, that everyone deserved the mercy. And that's what he did. So practically what he's saying, the apostle is saying is, God decided to transform those vessels, those people who deserve the death, he decided that everybody would receive mercy. Why? Because he loves us. Because God loves his creation. Because that's what, who God is. That's what it is. So he decided to have mercy on all humankind, kind, Jews and non-Jews. Okay? And that's how in verse 25, you can see that in verse 25, he says, I will call them my people who were not my people. Like, we were not people of God before, before Christ, or before believing in him. We were not part of the people of God. But, when, but because his divine decision to open in the door to everyone who believes... Now we become people of God. You are the people of God. We are the people of God. And also he says before the rest of the humanity was not loved. It was only Israel. But now the love of God is for everyone. Everyone. And then let's conclude from verses 30 to 33. He concludes that, what will we say then, that Gentiles, people like us, who did not pursue, they were not looking for righteousness, they obtained it. 
and that is a righteousness by faith. But Israel, who pursued a law that would lead to righteousness, did not succeed in reaching the law. Why? Because they did not pursue it by faith, but as if it were based on works. And they stumble. When we don't believe, we stumble. When we don't believe, unbelief blinds us and we stumble. So the lesson for us is we need to continue looking, we need to continue searching and um, staying in faith and not believing or trusting in our own efforts because we stumble when we trust in our own efforts. But thank God, because we are those who believe. So let us rest from our own effort and let us trust God. One of the things that happens when we don't believe, and this is what happened to the people of Israel, because they did not believe their hearts were hardened. Yes? And when the heart is hardened, there's a struggle. We become harsh. Yeah, we become bitter to others. But that's not, that's not what God wants for us. He wants, he wants us to be free. He wants us to remember who we are in him so that we get rid of the bitterness, the unbelief, and we can see clearly through him. Amen. Amen. And the, and the other thing about chapter 9, when he talks about the purpose of God, that God chooses with a purpose. This is the other thing that I was meditating and reflecting on. That many times things happen in our, in our lives that we don't understand. Let's say bad things. And when bad things happen, the first the first thing people say is, why would God allow this to happen to you, right? But when we understand who God is, when we understand that God has a plan, a supernatural plan, something that he has thought about it even before we were born, then we can rest assured. We can have an assurance inside of us that it is okay. God will take care of this. Sometimes we don't have answers, and I, this morning I was sharing something um, with the first service. Many people have asked us, oh, uh, Marlies, you and Umberto, you, uh, do you still want to have children? <laughs> well, for years we have tried, yes. People just said it is impossible. And listen, I have, we have gone through different seasons, and, and there was like sadness, there was bitterness. I was becoming bitter because it's like, why, why, why? But then came to the point of rest. I came to the point of, of rest. Why? Because I know who my God is. My God is the God that we preach, is the God of power. This message that we have is a message of power, and it is real. I'm telling you. So, because I know who God is, he reminded me, Marlies, there is a plan. 
there is a purpose. So don't get discouraged. Don't get sad. Don't get bitter because I have a plan. And people may have an idea of things about your life, but, but really you need to pay attention to what God is saying and to what God thinks about you. Amen. Amen. So next time you don't have an answer, you just say God has a plan. God has a plan. I don't understand what's going on. I don't understand, but I don't need to understand when I believe and trust and rely on the God of the universe. He has a plan, and, 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 and that's what it is. And then in chapter 10, let's go to chapter 10. Chapter 10, verse 1 to 4, he says, Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them, for the Israelites, is that they may be saved. And when I read this, I was thinking also of us. We also want our families to be saved, yes? We want our spouse to be saved. We want our friends to be saved. Also, we want our nations to be saved. And you know, and we know that this is the will of God. Sometimes I have, I have spoken to people here in our church, and they are like afraid of the relatives not reaching salvation. And I always tell them, it is a promise. And if you believe, it will happen. How do I know? Because God promises. And the word of God is true. And I always tell the story about my father and how for 33 years we were praying for my father. And he was so stubborn. He wouldn't believe. He, he told us, I will never come to church. And then after 33 years of praying and believing, I would say, believing, my dad one day said out of, out of the blue, I'm coming to church tomorrow. And everybody was like, what? <laughs> In my mind, I was a teenager and I said, mom, I'm going to stop praying for my dad. Because this is impossible. The guy's so stubborn. We're like, Dad, we're having a drama. Do you want to come? No. Dad, Marlies is singing. Do you want to come? No. Dad, Luis is playing the piano in church. Do you want to come? No. He always said no. <laughs> but listen, after 33 years of prayer, I'm not saying it's going to take 33 years for you. No. No, no, in Jesus' name. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, if God has promised you something, believe that it will happen. Believe any, every time, every time God speaks to you, believe what he says. Why? Because he loves you, number one. And two, because he fulfills what he says. What he says, he will fulfill. So chapter 10 is about that. Chapter 10 is about... Uh, Christ being the end of the law. The, he is the end of the struggle for us to be good. He is the end of the struggle. Hey, can we say that? End of the struggle. He is the end of the struggle. He is the end of the struggle. He is the end of the struggle. Because he is the one who makes us ride with God. He is the one who declares us righteous. He looks at us and he looks at Jesus. 
See, Jesus is all over you. When you believe in him, you are covered by the sun. And when the father looks at you, you're covered by the sun. You're covered by the blood. And especially when the enemy comes to attack us, he cannot, he cannot interfere with you or, your, or the purpose God has for you because you are covered. So in chapter 10, we can see also about the word of faith. You know, there's so much sometimes fights about what the word of faith is. People related to an organization or to a person or to whatever, whatever, whatever. For me, Marlies, when I read this scripture, I said, oh, look, this is what the word of faith is <laughs> in verses <laughs> 8 and 9. The apostle talking about he is making a difference between the righteousness of the law and the righteousness of faith. He's contrasting them. And he says, the word of faith that we preach is this. Confess, believe, and you will be saved. That's basically what he is saying. But let's read, let's read it in the word of God. Okay, we have to go to verse 8. Can we have verse 8, please? But what does it say? Meaning the righteousness of faith says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is, or this is, the word of faith that we preach. And this is the word of faith. Next verse. This is the word of faith. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. That's it. It's not complicated. It's simple. Is it? <laughs> oh, but the day we did confess that Jesus was Lord, what a change, right? But this is what we preach. This is what we preach. That salvation is for everyone, and the only thing that our relatives, friends, etc., need to do is believe, and they need to confess that Jesus is Lord, and then he will be saved. So, back to the people of Israel. They heard, the apostles says, yes, they heard and they knew about the message, because God announced it. Through all the prophets, God was saying, listen, I am going to choose people from, the, from among the Gentiles. Listen, I will open the door to Gentiles. I will make you jealous of other nations, God said. So God was preparing their hearts, right, through the prophets and when, for the time when Jesus would come. But Jesus came and they did not believe and they did not uh, accept him. So the lesson is for us. This scripture here is for us. Verse 14 and 15. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching and how are they to preach unless they are sent so it's very interesting yeah 
your relatives, your family, your spouse, they need to hear. They need to hear the message. They will not believe. Many times we say, boy, these people don't believe. But why are they not believing? Maybe because they haven't heard. Maybe because the word of Jesus is, is not being spoken into their ears. Because as we know, in verse 17 says that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of Christ, the message of Christ. So the lesson for us this morning is to be saved, these people, our relatives, our spouses, or people we know, they need to call on God. But to call on God, they need to believe. But to believe, they need to hear. So the message must be proclaimed and declared. So maybe we need to break the silence <laughs> and start talking about him. Yeah, let's talk about Jesus. You know, these days people talk about so many bad things, evil things, whatever. And let's take advantage of it and let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about his power. Let's talk about the reality of who our God is. Let's not, let's not shrink in our faith. Let's be bold with the boldness of the Holy Spirit. Because as I said in the beginning, our life is different because of God. Listen, for example, I look at my family. My family was chosen by God. And I can tell you right now, all of my siblings are serving God. Is it because of what we did? No, it is because God decided to choose our family. It's exactly that with Pastor Paul's family. God chose them. He decided to, chose, to choose them and use them, and he will do it. And he's doing so, and he will do it because it's his promise. It's his idea. It's his plan. So it is the same with the rest of us. God has brought you here so that you hear this word of faith. So that you confess, so that you declare and, and break, break with the patterns, you know. You just break. You don't have to be like, a, like the world outside, all depressed and all in, neg in negativity. No, this is not the will of God for our lives. There is a purpose for you. There is a purpose for your family. There is a purpose for you as a single. There is a purpose for you. If you're sitting here right now, God wants you to know that he has a purpose for you. He is calling you. And you only need to respond. That's the only thing we need to do. So to conclude, now I can say that we can see that chapter 9 and 10, it Really, what we learn is that God chose the people of Israel. Are they the chosen people if God chose them? Yes. But God, through Jesus, opened the door to the rest of the nations so that salvation is for everyone. Hallelujah.